In the spirit of reconciliation, Brisbane Girls Grammar School acknowledges the traditional custodians of the lands on which our campuses stand, the Turrbal, Yagara and Cubby Cubby peoples, and all Indigenous people in our school community. We honour and respect their elders past, present and emerging, and recognise that these lands have always been places of teaching and learning. We are grateful for thousands of generations for care for country and seek to walk in solidarity with the First Peoples of our nation for reconciliation, justice and healing. Welcome to Illumin for Parents. I'm Jacinda Ryler, Principal of Brisbane Girls Grammar School and your host. Today I'm speaking with Sophie Minot, who's the Deputy Principal Co-Curriculum at Girls Grammar, and we're going to be talking about the school's Reconciliation Action Plan, or RAP, as obviously it's known. Sophie, you've actually been a guest a couple of times on Illumin. Welcome back. Thank you very much, Jacinda. It's lovely to be here. Before we move into today's topic, would you remind us about your role at the school and how your work with Reconciliation Australia fits into this? As the Deputy Principal Co-Curriculum, I look after the co-curricular activities, so sport, instrumental music, drama, debating, service, clubs and so on, and also outdoor education. So I guess because I'm responsible for a lot of things that happen outside of the classroom, I think that fits really well with Indigenous ways of learning and knowing. And it also, because I help to look after service, that's an area where students are able to express their interest in Indigenous Australians and issues affecting First Nations people. So it's part of my broader brief. But I have also worked in First Nations communities in previous roles and I really have a passion for engaging with Indigenous people and communities. And I've been involved in developing a RAP before, so I wanted to bring that learning and understanding to Girls Grammar. So Sophie, let's start off with a concept obviously all Australians are familiar with and that is reconciliation with First Nations people. But can you explain to us what, in your view, it means and also talk a little about the five dimensions of reconciliation? Certainly. So the word reconciliation implies that we're seeking to rebuild a previous relationship. But of course, in the context of Australia's First Peoples and the relationship between ship and shore, as it's described, that isn't really the case. So in the Australian context, I think reconciliation is about groups of people in our society who've already completely adapted their language, culture, family structures, education system, legal system, spirituality, everything to another culture and they're now asking that culture in return to acknowledge them and seek to learn something about their way of life and perspectives and histories. So that's what I think reconciliation is about. I also think it's really important that we understand that acknowledging what's happened in the past isn't about blame. So acknowledging that something was wrong doesn't mean that you're taking responsibility for it and I think that that's a really important element of reconciliation. So Reconciliation Australia has these five dimensions of reconciliation and they are race relations, equality and equity, historical acceptance, institutional integrity and unity. And the idea is that individuals, organisations, schools, clubs, churches, other social institutions can work towards uh, embracing First Nations culture and learning about First Nations people and being inclusive of those people in those five areas. And I just think it's amazing that in this country we have the oldest continuing civilization in the world and that's something really unique that I think we should celebrate. 
we have a multicultural, diverse, peaceful, mostly harmonious society, but that's the one thing that is truly Australian. And also I think First Nations people have so much to teach us about caring for this country, adapting to changing conditions and climate, so much wisdom that we're at risk of losing if we don't start valuing it. So that's what reconciliation means to me. And as I said, there's those five sort of official elements of it. But ultimately, it's about listening. It's about learning. It's about seeking to understand a culture that's different from our own. Thanks, Sophie. You've articulated that beautifully. And I, and I think it's important before we begin the conversation to actually get that out there so that mm. people understand what our framework for this discussion has been within the school, uh, as well as obviously in society uh, more broadly. But while you know, this was officially established, I guess, as a concept in 2001. The road that led to Reconciliation Australia's inception began much earlier. And we can look back, for example, to Australia's first formal process of reconciliation in 1991. And that was, of course, following the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody and the report and, and the findings that came out of that. So before we get into the details of the Girls' Grammar Plan, Tell us what those important findings were and what milestones have led to the establishment of Reconciliation Australia. You mentioned the, the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody, which released their report in 1991. And one of those recommendations was that we have this formal process. Uh, but the 90s were a really important time for relations with First Nations Australians. So in 1992, we had the Mabo case, which recognised that Australia wasn't terra nullius when European people arrived. Paul Keating delivered the Redfern speech. In 1993, there was the Native Title Act. In 1995, the government officially recognised the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander flags. 96 was the Bringing Them Home report, which was all about the stolen generations. So there was a lot of movement legally and formally at a federal government level towards attempting to rebuild or, or build a better relationship between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians. And then in 2000, the Council for Aboriginal Reconciliation released their report and basically said, this process took over 200 years. There needs to be an ongoing commitment to reconciliation. And that's what led to the creation of Reconciliation Australia in 2001. So those milestones that you've talked about, you mm. know, that legal and formal mm. recognition of, of certain rights enshrining them in the law also in people's minds and, and, and changing attitudes throughout that time. But where as a nation are we currently sitting on the Australian Reconciliation Barometer, so the ARB, which might be something people haven't heard of? Absolutely not. It, it doesn't get all that much publicity anymore. It used to be quite widely publicised when Reconciliation Australia released their report every two years. But basically, it's a national research study undertaken by Reconciliation Australia. They've been doing it for about 15 years. And it measures the progress of reconciliation between Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and non-Indigenous Australians by looking at attitudes and perceptions around those five dimensions that I mentioned before, race relations, equality and equity, historical acceptance, unity and institutional integrity. And basically, the, it has found that we are on track to achieve reconciliation. So there's some great positives. There's been an increase in the number of Australians, both Indigenous and non-Indigenous, who believe in the creation of a national representative Indigenous body. So 80% of Australians believe in that. 
Support for truth-telling is very high at 83%. Uh, there's a strong community view that governments and the private sector must do more to close the gap. So more than 60% of non-Indigenous people and 70% of First Nations people want governments to do more. Uh, but also there have been some backward steps, so particularly around experiences of raci racism, so reports of racial prejudice have increased significantly in the last four years. And there's also been a decline in trust in public institutions, so the government and the bureaucracy. But generally speaking, Reconciliation Australia says that we're on track. That's in their most recent report, which is based on a survey that was done in November 2022. And obviously with all the discussion this year about the voice and the referendum coming up, this is something that's being debated in all levels of Australian society. So it'll be really interesting to see what the next reconciliation barometer shows. As you say, it's something that's being discussed in every segment, every section, every group in society. But for us speaking today, obviously we're very interested in what happens in schools. Mm -hmm. So I guess my next question for you, Sophie, is why do you think it's important that schools champion and reconciliation and, and work together with First Nation people to take meaningful action. What, what's our role as a school? Well, ultimately, we're talking about the sort of nation that we want our young people to live in. And if we want young people to live in a nation which is inclusive and celebrates differences and acknowledges the 65,000 plus year history of this continent, that has to start in schools. The Uluru Statement talked about makarata, which is a Yonimata word to describe a process of truth-telling and acknowledgement of what's happened in the past. And I think acknowledgement leads to justice and that recognition of things that have gone wrong in the past and ultimately creates a more stable and peaceful society. And that's what we all want for our young people. So in our vision for reconciliation at Girls' Grammar, we've said that we want to foster deep learning and understanding of the history of this continent and the current experiences of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. And I think that that ultimately sums up what we're all about. We want our students to think about things that have happened in the past, things that are happening in the future and the contribution that they can make. But also we want our students to think about the sort of nation they want to live in, the sort of... Um, culture and society that they want to live in and how they can contribute to forming that. So I think this idea of hearing from people with different perspectives, walking alongside First Nations people, engaging with First Nations communities and issues that are affecting those communities is a really important part of understanding our country and the society that we live in. And that's why I think it's really vital for schools and obviously part of what we do in schools is we teach young people about history, about geography, about science and culture and the society that we live in. And so having an opportunity for them to hear other perspectives on that society from a broad range of people is really important. And I think you're also describing um, the importance of intergenerational perspective mm. and conversation. Mm. So certainly uh, the conversations that we're having here at Girls' Grammar aren't just about the students speaking to other students. It's very much about the teachers being involved and um, trying to encourage practically and in daily life how people can have different views mm. and how it's important to, to gather as many of them as we can to find a mutually agreed and positive way forward. But tell us about the Reconciliation Action Plan here at Girls Grammar, it's our vision. There are very practical actions that have come out of it. Obviously that commitment has to be followed up with mm -hmm. action. 
Can you tell us a little bit about what those actions are and how, for us as a school, we hope that it will be much more than just a document and, and something that will help us to ensure some ongoing, continuous improvement and involvement? Well, as you said, there's an intergenerational element to this as well. And so one of the things that the students who've been involved in the RAP are very keen on is hearing from elders and learning from different generations of Indigenous people as well about their experience. So ultimately a RAP is about building relationships with First Nations people and making our school a welcoming space for Indigenous students, staff and parents, but also a place where non-Indigenous students can learn directly from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So we've identified 27 actions that we want to implement. We've already started on 18 of those uh, just in the last few terms. And it includes things like reviewing our curriculum and looking at where we can invite First Nations people in to contribute to lesson planning and student experience. It involves recognising significant events like National Reconciliation Week and NAIDOC Week, uh, reviewing the resources that we use in the classroom and making sure that they're appropriate and that they bring that First Nations perspective and also providing opportunities for students to build relationships with community members who are First Nations people or with First Nations organisations. So because a RAP is about relationships in our school culture, once it's part of the fabric of our day to day, we won't need to have a formal document. It will be how we do things at Girls Grammar. That's exactly where I was going next, uh, Sophie, about it being authentic and organic mm. and mm. constantly being reviewed and revised. So it's not something that's discreet and just taught separately. Mm. Um, it's something that, that's live in the life of the school. But talking about the classroom experience, how can you give some tangible examples of of how that reconciliation can come to life? Well, one of the things that it's important for people to understand is that Indigenous histories, perspectives and cultures are integrated into all syllabuses in all subjects and it's also a cross-curriculum priority in the Australian curriculum. So there's potential for much greater engagement with First Nation people's lived experiences. It's very different from what I call the corroborees and boomerangs view of Indigenous people that I was taught when I was at school with the idea that First Nations people were a bit of an, an historical relic and you didn't need to think about them too much past 1788. So what we're trying to do in the classroom here is embed that idea of nothing about us without us. So we're trying to focus on using First Nations authors and texts and perspectives in the classroom we're looking at starting our discussions of Australian society from you know, over 65,000 years ago, not in 1788. And to give some specific examples, science is incorporating First Nations knowledge into some of their units of work, so particularly their astronomy unit. Geography and history are doing and have been doing for a while a lot of things in terms of looking at First Nations perspectives and bringing First Nations perspectives into the classroom. In English, they've been using texts written by uh, First Nations authors. Technologies are teaching about Indigenous design principles and problem solving. There's lots of things going on across all of the faculties, which is really exciting. And I guess the RAP is a way of bringing that all together and looking at what we're doing holistically and celebrating the gains that we've made and also identifying where we could potentially do more.
So talking about exciting and passionate enthusiasm, I'm, I'm actually going to ask you now a little bit about the students who have been mm. involved in the process so far. When I think back uh, to the early days of Anna and Josie, a couple of Year 10 girls who gave a very passionate, compelling presentation on assembly many years ago now that led to the establishment of the Urala Club here at the school. But students have been intimately involved. They're very, as I said, passionate, excited. They're very energised about the topic. Tell me a little bit about their involvement involvement in the creation of the RAP? So this has been something, as you said, the Urala Club students have been passionate about for a while. So when we formed the Reconciliation Working Group, uh, that includes staff and students, and we have been working with students throughout the whole process, primarily the Urala students, but we have opened it up more broadly. So students have contributed suggestions and let us know what they're keen to learn more about. So they're very, very excited about this process. And as I mentioned earlier, one of the things that all of the students have mentioned to me is that they want to have more experience hearing directly from Indigenous people. So that's something that we're very focused on this year is building relationships with Indigenous people, having them get to know our school community, feel welcomed into our school community and being willing to come and teach us and let us listen to them and walk alongside them with what they're doing and what they're concerned and their perspective on things. So the students who've been involved have been amazing. They've put so much energy into it. A lot of the older girls have taken stewardship of introducing reconciliation and ideas about the RAP to the younger students as well. Uh, so they've been running forums, they've been speaking at year group assemblies, they've been trying to educate their peers about the RAP itself, but also about in issues affecting Indigenous people. So they've been a vital part of the process and it's been fantastic to be able to feed off their energy and hear what they think is missing and what we could do more of. Yeah, so guiding those conversations mm. with the students, mm. um, it's their school, it's mm. their response, but also the school represents obviously their families as well and so this is very much an Illumin for Parents mm. episode. So for any parents or any other adults or interested friends of the school who might be listening, if they still had questions or if they did want more information about our RAP specifically, is there anywhere you can direct them? Any sort of resources that might be available or any events or forums, anything that they could actually attend? So we have RAP community meetings once a term and we uh, absolutely welcome parents, students, staff, anybody to those meetings. So that's an opportunity to hear about our RAP actions uh, what we're working on at the moment and for people to contribute and make suggestions and be involved. We're having our Reconciliation Action Plan launch in National Reconciliation Week, so on the 31st of May, and we would love for parents to be involved in that, come along. There will be some articles about it in the BGGS News if they want to learn more. The Urala Club page also has a lot of resources about reconciliation and issues affecting First Nations people. And we'll also be holding some events during our celebration of NAIDOC week, which is week two of term three, and we'll be advertising events during that week as well. So we'd love for parents to be involved and ask questions and make suggestions. And 
as I said, building relationships with First Nations people, it's all about investing time and effort and doing things slowly and purposefully and making sure it's authentic and embedded in what we do. And parents have a really important role to play in that. Absolutely. And and I think, you know, in whatever area we're talking about with students, increasingly it's about involving the parents mm. in their understanding how we're we approaching it, what are we talking about it. And also that, I guess, armed with that information that's very specific to our school, they can open those conversations with their daughters, mm. which are really, really important. As you said, the girls are passionate, they're interested to varying degrees, mm. of course. And um, I, I guess there are opportunities for parents to learn more about the school's approach and and be part of the community that's discussing these important themes and topics now but getting on to theme you mentioned national reconciliation week coming up very soon and the theme this year is of course be a voice for generations what sort of activities and initiatives are planned so that we are able to acknowledge and support reconciliation uh, during that particular week at the school so the urella club is holding an event on sorry to discuss the national apology and ways we can as a school community acknowledge historical injustices. As I mentioned, we're having the RAP launch at Assembly on the 31st of May and we'll be speaking to the community about the actions that we're undertaking during that event. And we're also planning a lunchtime event on that day celebrating our RAP with the Urella Club and the Libellum Club who are raising money for the Indigenous Literacy Foundation and guest speakers. We're currently uh, working on inviting some elders and hoping to even be able to have a welcome to country at that event. Joanne Curry-Nalingu, who is an artist, we've commissioned to paint an artwork for us as part of our RAP celebration and acknowledgement, will be visiting us during National Reconciliation Week as well and showing the girls her art making process and also talking to them about some of the themes that she's incorporating into the artwork and getting further feedback from them about the artwork. And we're also planning to provide some resources and education to staff to support them to talk about reconciliation during their lessons that week. And obviously it's different for different subjects, but for some subjects uh, it's particularly relevant. And so we're aiming to support staff to be able to embed some ideas about reconciliation in their lessons during that week. So there's lots of different things mm. going on. It's really, I guess, a high point of the year in terms of our RAP actions. And we're doing lots of different things. So we're hoping that there's something for everybody that they can get involved with. It does cover a lot, a lot of ground, a lot of opportunity for activity and action, but also I think as you've described, learning and mm. developing relationships, which is hopefully what will characterise our approach uh, to reconciliation and our response certainly at Girls Grammar. So Sophie, thank you for your expertise. Thank you for managing very complex conversations, quite frankly, very intelligently and sensitively with our students and with our staff and families more broadly. It's been a pleasure to speak to you on Illumin today about the school's reconciliation action plan. You have been listening to Illumin, a podcast by Brisbane Girls Grammar School. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And to learn more about the school, visit the website at www.bggs.qld.edu.au.